Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We cars, cars, cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello. <laughs> I thought you was going to say 40,000 again. We we're at 40,200 now. We are. We're growing every we week. Are. Very exciting. How do you, mate? I'm all right. You all right? Yeah. You have a good week? Yeah. Enjoy yeah. the sunshine? Lovely weekend. I mean, transform the way I feel about life right now, the weather. Couldn't go anywhere, but... No, but no. but I just woke up a happier person. Correct. Bit of vitamin D. Bit of vitamin D. It, it does transform the mind. Mm. Um, how's biz? All right. Yeah? Just, like, Still just slow, like, slowly picking up? Just like like I said, we are down on, on normal business, but we're doing all right. Like, just all right, yeah. Did you notice at the weekend that every single supercar in London seemed to be out on the streets? Well, I didn't go to London, so... Uh, no, but uh, I mean, I didn't really go, but social media. Uh, oh, oh. I, I noticed from TFJJ, God, we're just we're shouting out Freddie every week at the moment. I know. Getting all the spots. Um, he's in a caterer at the moment, Freddie. What a lunatic. Probably in a tree somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever driven a caterer? Yes. Have I've you? I've got to get out. Really? I was lucky to get in it in the first place. Did you, do you remember which one it was? You probably don't, do you? No, it, uh, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a really powerful one. Okay, It wasn't okay. one of the R's. It wasn't a Larry one. I mean, but sometimes the light, the I less Larry one. one's even better. You sold I one, sold really? One, yeah. I didn't oh, like in play. the trade, but yeah, yeah. I, I kind of love them, but they're mad and they're definitely mad to drive around London. And yes, TFJJ Freddie was out and about over the weekend and some of his stories, I mean, LaFerrari, I mean, heck, a Ferrari Daytona Spider. Um, I mean, there was everything. I mean, I'm only naming Ferraris now, but there was everything we seemed to be out and about. Ferrari is all you see. It is all I see. Because <laughs> there was also a very nice dark blue Challenge Dali with a tan interior and a, and a lady driver. Go on. Very good. Would you um, like to come on the podcast? <laughs> You've got to stop perving on potential female listeners. It's getting really bad. Um, but yeah, I think it was that kind of mindset at the weekend when the, the sun came out. It was the first really nice weekend we've had in the UK all year. Uh, and of course, people are pretty tired here of lockdown restrictions. Uh, and they decided to go for a drive, although essential drive in their nicest cars, it seemed to be. So yeah. people were going to Sainsbury's in, in LaFerrari's. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think people would probably go to Waitrose or... Like, <laughs> Sorry, good point. Yeah, Sainsbury's. <laughs> How disgusting. 
the people you see in there. Um, anyway, let's get on with it. Uh, a few things to talk about in today's uh, episode before we come into our main topic a bit later, which is the best supercars one can buy under £100,000 here in the UK. And that chat was inspired by Paul Wallace last week rudely interrupting us whilst we were recording by calling up and saying, I want to tell everyone how amazing the NSX is. And we were going to have him on the podcast today, but it's his missus' birthday. So he's, he's busy, apparently. Is it today or birthday? Oh, I think it was yesterday, but I think they're celebrating today or something. I don't really understand it. I think he was making up excuses. But... Very peculiar couple, they are. <laughs> you can't say that. Hello, Paul's girlfriend. You can't say that. They're a lovely couple. They One are. of my favourites. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, he sort of inspired this chat because obviously we've talked about the fact that the NSX is a bit of a bargain and it got me thinking what other supercars now have fallen sub 100k which are you know potentially amazing options um but we'll come back to that because i've been driving some interesting cars that have i've you, wanted to discuss have yeah. you i have uh so first off porsche duh uh manual 992 carrera s oh so I borrowed this whilst my car was getting in, getting the, the PCCM Plus upgrade, the sort of new updated infotainment system for the older Porsches. And yeah, Porsche lent me a manual 992 to have a go in at the time. And I was quite in, intrigued, quite excited, because I think you'll remember when I first drove the 992, I was a little underwhelmed. Obviously, the Turbo S, amazing. But the standard car I drove a few years ago in Monaco, and... Obviously, it was kind of an improvement in every area over a 991 Carrera, but I just thought they'd maybe gone in slightly the wrong direction. It was a little bit too Bentley, like I kept saying, a bit too comfy, a bit too big, a bit too spacious. A bit too refined. A bit too refined, I felt. So I thought, oh, maybe the manual will actually, you know, make it a bit more sports car-like, maybe a bit more involved, and and I'll like it more. And, And actually, it did just that. Really? Yeah, because I felt like I was driving a sports car again. As, am- as amazing, yeah, I was. As amazing <laughs> as that PDK is, I think in the new 992, it allows you to cruise a bit too much. Mm, it's fair. so good, yeah, and the yeah. car is so good that you tend to waft a bit more than I think you would in an older 911. Yeah. When you've got the manual inherently, because it's seven speeds, you change gear more often and therefore you're more involved and you kind of just rev it out a bit more. And I felt like I exploited more of the car's potential <clears throat> in that manual. Fair. But you don't like it. No, but, no, no. It's not I don't like it. I just think like seven gears. I mean, you just change your gear all the time. Seven gears too much. Yeah. That I definitely noticed. But I think you just, in your head, you've got to assume that the seventh and even maybe the sixth, they're overdrive gears for the motorway. Yeah. So think of it as a five-speed at that point. Just forget about the last two. Yeah. Yeah, but the ratios would still be... St- smaller than a uh you know a statistical five speed yeah it, it, and it's it's sort of what your argument of it's got too much power for a manual or you know it's too quick for a manual mm. i kind of got you went where it's quite aggressive mm. as in when you bang it into the gear not only have you got that sort of notchy mechanical porsche manual gearbox the sort of power dump yeah it's quite you know it's it's intense but, yeah. but therefore the i yeah because of the torque yeah I therefore enjoyed it because it felt a bit more raw. Yeah. So I think it depends what you want from your 911 Carrera S experience. And that's what we have to kind of remember. This is not a GT3 product. No. It's not a turbo, even though it's a turbocharged engine. This is your everyday, slightly sportier Carrera. Yeah. So why do you want to keep changing gear then? Agreed. So, I, you know, I, I left undecided, essentially. Mm. Um, I, I don't know which route I'd go because I think if I was 
getting a manual 992 Carrera S, I would just get a different Porsche. I'll, t- I'll, tell, you, <laughs> I, I'll tell you where I would be with it, or a enthusiast would be with it. They'd, they'd go to the dealership with all the intentions of ordering the manual, and then have the automatic. Well, my friend, uh, Alex Ortdegam, who's done some amazing artwork over at the Sim Racing area. By the way, if you guys like that artwork, it is for sale. He didn't just do it like for me. They're prints of things that are for sale. Um, but he just bought a beautiful 992 Carrera S PDK. He wanted a manual, couldn't find a manual. So went, screw it, I'll get a PDK. If a manual comes along later, I'll pick that up. Mm-hmm. On the day, he came along and he said, you know what? Now I've owned this car. I don't think I would change it for a manual. I'm pretty happy with the PDK. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you, mate. Yeah. Because that for that for that odd time that you're going to be on a B road in it, like for ten minutes, mm. yeah, you'd have the manual. But for the for the rest of the the eighty or ninety percent of the time, the PDK is just better. Yeah, and if it is your one sports car, then for sure, off you go. Yeah. Uh, speaking though of PDK versus manual, did you see that uh, Matt Farah smoking tire? Had a go in the PDK GT4. I saw that last night. Did you watch it or you haven't I watched wa- it? I watched it okay. because it was a PDK GT4. Yeah, one of the first I, videos on it. Yeah, and uh, I was looked because they'll start to hit the market soon. I've been looking at them and I could have ordered one from Porsche. And I thought, Do you know what? Because they're going to make millions of them like the manual car. I'll just wait for them to hit the market and I'll pick one up. Um, but yeah, I, I, I accidentally come across it last, literally last oh, nice. night. Watching okay. last night Amazing. in the canyons. Yeah, in the canyons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A, a classic smoking tire one take. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I thought. I personally, Matt is one of the guys that I love watching for those kind of reviews because mm. he's very matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, we don't he's always like agree. Me. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Not quite as a caricature as you. No. Uh, not quite as excitable as you. No. Uh, but but he just you know he he doesn't. Uh, divert around the subject. Beat around the bush. Beat around the bush. There we go. What a saying. I'm going to write that one down. Uh, <laughs> he essentially said, there's not really much in it. Mm. Everyone bangs on about the fact that maybe the PDK is the one to have because it's going to shorten the gear ratio. But it boils down to what? Five, six miles an hour in each gear? The yeah, difference? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Go and watch the video, everyone, by the way. Of course. Um, and then you'll understand. It didn't make much difference on that road. Sure. And he did say that. Yeah. Yeah. But on a Alps road sure. where you can get up to speed a bit more, you'd have the PDK all day long. It's only that that particular road where in a manual car, you wouldn't really need to change gear. Cause the, you Nor would you want to. <laughs> be exhausting. The amount of corners on that road. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah. Um, on, a, on a bigger road... Or, you know, a big road, then twisty, then big road, then twisty. You'd want the PDK. Well, but I, I mean, I think he was just saying to the to the fact that everyone who's hung around going, the PDK is going to transform, it's going to be, it actually doesn't make that much of a difference. Mm. So therefore, and I like the way he started the video, if you want a manual, buy a manual. True story. If you want a PDK, buy the PDK. Yeah. It's not a sort of either or in terms of like one's better than the other. They're essentially the exact same car, just one you're shifting, the other one the car shifting and for it, you. And it is personal preference. Like everyone has their own opinion and their own personal preference. And we go, we go back to it in terms of power. I think that Cayman and the Boxster Spider and cars around that power, that that's perfect for a manual. It's just the right speed. Mm-hmm. Like I said to you, I think the 911's too fast for a manual gearbox. It's turbocharged, got loads of torque, and you're better off for PDK. And when you get up in the 500 horsepower, like I never ever get, and I know that people like them, but I never ever get why people order manual GT3s. 
because I just think they're just too fast. I get the involvement bit, mm-hmm, and they want to mm-hmm. drive them, but I just think you're too busy, and you're just better off for PDK. But it's personal preference. Yeah, totally personal yeah. preference. And I, and I now like the Porsche offer both. I have to say that video made me really like the idea of a GT4 in any shape, but especially a PDK one. He was driving it pretty well and pretty hard, and yeah, on that yeah. road, it looked it looked decent. I don't know which route I would go. I think I said it to Porsche UK when I was there the other day. Boxster Spider, for some reason, I would always go manual. For sure. But, but GT4, I would consider PDK. I yeah. don't know why why that is, but I just, I feel like the Spider wouldn't suit PDK as well. I think the, or even the manual would be more enjoyable. So, a tough one. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And that's why that speeds are so good in the manual, because it's not really about the speed, it's about the occasion and yeah, the wind in the experience. And, and the experience. And that Boxster Spider is the same, essentially. But, um, yeah, Porsche in general offer PDK only in their real fast GT cars for a reason. Exactly. Well, let's move on to another car that I've experienced recently. Uh, GTI Club Sport. Golf. Uh, Volkswagen. Oh. Mm. Oh. Did you see that? Um, they're doing like 45th a... 45th anniversary or the 40th anniversary? Yeah, in that 45th. nice grey colour. I think mm-hmm. they've done it in the old car. Mm-hmm. Really pretty, that. Is it the 40th or the 45th? 45th. 45th. Yeah. Okay, so so yeah, I had the club sport for a few days last week. Uh, were we right? Uh, we were, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> you know when you do your overexcited dancing? Yeah. It shakes that camera <laughs> so much. I'm trying to look it the, off. The, the production nerd inside of me dies a little bit because <laughs> I spend so long saying this up and you come in and you bang the table and you bash your feet. And I love that you're so excited by our chats, Tony. But as I say, the production guy, I look at that camera and I go, oh. <laughs> you are ruining my inbuilt stabilization. I'm going to keep doing it then. Please don't. <laughs> so when you say, were we right, what do you think I'm going to come on to say? It's a lot of money. Okay. Basically, it was underwhelming. Mm. Now, the thing is, we have to remember, I haven't driven any other Mark 8 Golf, GTI, R, anything. Uh, and I don't, I drove the 7 Golf R or the 7.5? 7. 7.5. I think, I, think I drove the 7.5, yeah. didn't I? It was a lot yeah. of money. Which was a lot of money. But I liked it. I, mm. I, I really liked it. And I did say, I think at the time, it's just the ultimate all-rounder, as we've all known. I think that's one of that 7.5 Golf GTI. No, R. Uh, no, oh, I R. drove the R. Okay, so R and GTI. Yeah. I think it's one of the best GTIs they've made. Or and R's full-stop variants. So what I don't understand about this new club sport is obviously the old Club Sport S was the kind of Nürburgring, two-seater, hardcore, yeah. you know, super cool, special thing. Yeah. The the new one seems to be what the GTI should have been. <laughs> In the sense that I've read quite a few GTI reviews now. They're all a little bit weak. I mean, they all suggest that there's not a lot to be that excited about. Mm-hmm. The Club Sport has all the bits you want. It's sort of got all the, the jingly bits. It looks the part. And therefore, you kind of look at it and go, well, why isn't that just how the GTI should have been from day one? Let you into a little secret. Please do. It's how they make their money, man. Yes, well done. <laughs> so it's four grand more than the GTI. Absolutely. Very clever. <laughs> I didn't realise, and this is me being naive, it's PDK, not PDK, DSG only. Mm. That upset me immediately when I stepped in. Yeah. I was like, what is this all so about? So that is a car you could have as a manual. Absolutely. 300 horsepower, I think. Yeah. PS. Yeah. And the, and the R is DSG only as well now, right? Yeah. No manual anymore. No manual. No free door either. It's a Golf. 
Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. It's the club sport. Yeah, it's because not many people in the last model had a manual and they probably thought, you know what? We can't be bothered to to design another gearbox. And it's a very good gearbox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the car was great. So it looks-wise, I couldn't decide. Some parts of me thought it looked ace. It's very boxy. I kind of liked it. Most people didn't like it. Most people around here didn't seem to like it. I was like, I think it looks cool. I took it up to a kind of quirky car park, got some sort of nighttime underground Colour shots. Uh, it's the white one. White oh. one with the big wheels, all the bits you want. Like, it was it was a really decent one with the proper, is it the DCC stampers? Is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special dampers. So it's got yeah, the yeah. Nürburgring setting, which was to you know, sort of make it the, the hottest it can be. And a part of me really wanted to love it. And I kind of, you know, when I got it the first couple of days, I was like, this is cool. This is less a nice car to have as a day. But then actually after a few days, I was a bit like, mm, maybe it's not what I wanted it to be. Because you're a petrol head. Yeah, it, it sounds a bit poo. I mean, is it a GT? I've got to remember, I, I should have had to keep checking myself because this isn't an R, it's not an RS3, it's not a... Whatever. A45. A45. You know, it's a golf GTI club sport. But I, I don't know. I just, I just sort of left feeling a little bit disheartened. It's built for the mass market, mate. And yeah, maybe. That's exactly what it's built for, for people that have, they like the GTI badge, but they don't really care what it sounds or drives like. It mm. will drive perfectly good, but there's no soul in them anymore. So I can't decide if that's the one to have or actually maybe none of them are the one to have. Because <laughs> I kind of said, I would always say the GTI was traditionally the one to go for. But actually, maybe the club sports the one to go for because it's a bit better in every way. I just think they've ruined it in terms of not that it'll be a perfectly good car, and and I just think they've ruined it because it's not the people's car anymore. It's mm. too much money. It's, you know, yeah. it's a lot of money now. I left confused. I still am. But yeah. anyway, I'm glad I had the experience because we've been talking about it a lot. Mm. Uh, a couple of sort of uh, well, actually, not really a couple. One bit of new car news. Oh, V8 Defender. Oh yeah, I saw that. Ah. That's no? a few quid. <laughs> Speaking of expensive cars. Yeah. Yeah, so we've we've known it's been coming for a while. I think we assumed it would be Defender SVR, but they've just gone for V8 Defender. There's got to be an SVR coming though, surely. Oh, do you think? Over and above? Yeah, yeah, that oh, would be Oh, really? Because it's 520 horsepower. Mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you go up to 575 if they correct, want to. Correct, or 600 oh, or whatever. Oh, interesting. I think there'll be an SVR I one. I mean, that will be a bloody joke because yeah. the V8 Defender starts, well, it's around 100k. Yeah available in 90 and 110 form. I love the idea of everything about it. I mean, it's totally pointless. Like, to- like, who needs to be going that fast in the Defender? Nobody. Nobody. But because JLR came out with this whole we're going electric, I kind of applaud that they're still just throwing V8s and stuff when yeah. they can. Just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a lot of them lying around. <laughs> I mean, if they then go on and make a 125 grand SVR, I mean, it's the world has really gone mad. No, they will, point. because what they'll do is that will rival the G-Wagon. It's exactly what they'll do. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy, yeah. but I kind of want one. And the more and more I think and talk about the new Defender, I kind of want one just to see what it's all about. It's a big market, that G-Wagon market, you know. Huge. And Mercedes have had it all their own way forever and no one's ever challenged them and, and they will now with that new Defender. Have you been in a Defender 90 yet? Have you got up close to one yet? Uh, n- uh, no. Uh, no. No, 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 I haven't seen one. Because I think that's the one I would want, and obviously a bit more of a G-Wagon rival in size-wise, but obviously it's three doors. And if you're getting it as some kind of family car or, or friends, I think... That's no good. It's no good. No, no. So it's a weird that way. It's like a big chimney. Yeah, well, huge chimney. Yep. <laughs> so I kind of want a Defender 90, but then I'm like, well, it's actually really impractical. Yeah, to look, to look at Defender 90 is really cool, but for what it's actually purposely built it's for... the 110 really the one to have. Yeah, it's really not that good at all, no. because you can't put anything in it. So the question would be, uh, maybe that V8, especially if they do an SVR, 
it's great and all that, but I think the P400 is the one to have, isn't it? If you if you want a sporty engine, no, I I think the 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 base car is the one to have. No, the, I agree, but I'm talking yeah. about if you want a sporty shouty engine, just save yourself a few quid and get the P400 rather than the full V8. Uh, yeah, uh, it seems so unnecessary that V8. It's going to be a real showboat car. Yeah, or just buy a. Range Rover Sport SVR. There we go. <laughs> um, so, moving on. Uh, I have something I want to talk about with the SF90. Now, this is something I know you wouldn't have seen, but we kind of talked about it off air a little bit, that SF90, it's not had, it's not the sort of Ferrari that everyone's going crazy about. Mm-hmm. They seem to be sort of cancelled orders left, right and centre and cars come to the market pretty quickly. And I don't know, it's, it's not had a lot of fanfare around it, that car. Mm. And recently, uh, down in Monaco, YouTubers... Bit, bit of a way to discredit them. Uh, Benny Ortega and John Olsen went out filming with an SF90 in the hills above Monaco uh, with uh, Ferrari racing driver Flyer. I never know how to pronounce his surname. Anyway. Now look at me. Anyway, he's a Ferrari racing driver and he had that camo LaFerrari. Remember the camo LaFerrari with the yellow headlights that was cruising around Monaco for a while? No. Oh, okay. Well, he owns LaFerrari. <laughs> <laughs> and the only bit of the video that I picked up on that was at all interesting is when Florian said he preferred the laugh. After a few runs up and down Route Le Turbier Road, we know very well. Yeah. Really thrashing it. Yeah. He goes, it's really, really good, but I prefer the laugh, right? Yeah. I would, I mean, I've not been in an SF90, but I'd probably agree with him. A million times, because yeah. he says that it's, it's too electronic, the SF90. Yeah. So the reason that I'm sort of bringing this up, it's of faster, course, right? well, that's the whole thing. It's, it's, it's laugh, Ferrari performance for half the price. Yeah. And that was kind of like a, a little bit of the off-the-record marketing that Ferrari were doing for this car. But I think the point being that maybe, as he was suggesting, it's a little bit too much electronic interference. Mm. Uh, and the laugh is a bit more raw and a bit more exciting. And by the way, it's half the price list. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, You, you can't buy a LaFerrari for list. No, bloody hell. Double, like triple the price. Two million quid, I think, still. Yeah, no? yeah, point, yeah. 1.8 yeah. million. Oh, easy, yeah, easy, yeah. 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 Uh, and so, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, LaFerrari, Halo product, yeah, yeah. V12, limited Shouty, run limited run, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. SF90 is not supposed to be that. But as I say, some of the kind of off the record marketing was, oh, it's it's as quick as a laugh. But I think we all know which one we'd have. So I just thought it was an interesting thing to... But you know, even a, even a Pista 0 to 124 is the same speed as a laugh, mate. Evolution. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but come back to my point over and over again, it's not all about straight line performance, about speed. And it's not always about what car is better on paper it's about emotion experience of feeling how a car makes you feel going down the road and and that's exactly it always new cars are going to be an improvement it would be a very weird thing if a manufacturer made a car worse than the one before on terms of stats yeah um but you know laferroy was what 2013 2012 2013 no was it 14 maybe 14 yeah 14 something 14 or 15 i think yeah well still i mean we're creeping up to almost 10 years old i mean a few years away from 10 years old i will say as well i don't know how much you've been they're so. I've done a supercar driver trip with a laugh, and it was so fast. Like, gone, like gone, gone, yeah. gone, yeah, gone, yeah, gone, yeah, gone, yeah, gone. Yeah. And I think I was in the purple manti at the time, and guys, um, my other pal's got a Veyron. Okay, and same thing. Really, like, even the, oh wait, you couldn't keep up with the Veyron, n- n- mate. Uh, like, like I've <laughs> never seen a car disappear so quickly yeah, yeah, in all my life. Yeah, yeah. Like it won't even like a little bit. It just drove like 
gone. The scariest experience I've ever had in a Veyron, not scariest, but like craziest, was that experience, riding passenger, pulling onto a highway in the US. I thought we'd gone from 40 to 75. <laughs> I watched footage from a car that was following us. We didn't go to 75. And mate, we took off like a rocket ship. Yeah. In the very one, you had no clue. No. Nope. It was so comfortable. Yeah. Like nothing really changed. I, I was like, oh, that was nice. Well, we stopped at the service station and we got out. And I said, mate, you just drove off. Yeah. He said, I won't even try. And he yeah. said, the, spo- the spoiler didn't hit. Because when you know they're going really fast, the spoiler, spoiler starts to move. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, he sod- just sodded off. <laughs> it's hilarious. Mad. Proper car. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, well, we've been talking about very expensive things. Let's come on to that main topic for the day because recently some very juicy cars have fallen under the 100K mark here in the UK. And I think nowadays you can find some pretty special supercars sub 100k so many so many and and depending on many many factors that could equate to a pretty decent car supercar for a thousand fifteen hundred pounds a month thousand fifteen hundred pounds something like that Mm. so uh i just thought we'd deep dive into it and kind of discuss sums that not 15 what be a big grand 1200 quid a month yeah, I mean, yeah, which yeah, is, you know, which is nuts. Yeah. No one even 1,500 quid. So uh, let's kick things off with that NSX that Paul kind of, you know, jogged our memory on last week. Um, when we were going in on the Artura, you kind of said that would be the route to go. because For Paul, yeah. For, for Paul. Because he'd write it off. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always been a fan of that NSX. It is so overlooked, so unloved. But what an unbelievable car at circa 80K still to this day. And Paul, you know, he should have come on the podcast so he could talk about it. We will get him on at some point. I don't think people realise until they have a go in one just how capable, the breadth of capabilities. It's a Nissan GTR times two in a supercar body. Yeah. It's so much more accessible and usable. Very clever. 
very clever, mm. 500 speed. But then there's something nice about being, it sounds weird, but because the Honda slash Acura interior is like a Civic, yeah. you kind of can treat, you can use and abuse it a bit better. It doesn't, yeah. you don't get into it and you're sort of nervous about pulling things and things that are going to break and fall off. It's all just kind of the Honda parts being. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of reassuring in a weird way. It's a very weird, but unique experience in a car that looks and performs the way it does. Mm. So it's what you'd expect from Honda though, to be fair. I mean, they do build cracking cars in terms of they never go wrong. You know, that they're built to last. Um, yeah, they're just really like, it's just because it's not, it's all badge snob, isn't it? Well, I was going to say, it's if that German. car had uh, an Audi badge, a Mercedes badge, mm. a McLaren badge, I think it would have performed so much better. Porsche badge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was too much. The original NSX was obviously a huge step for Honda back in the day. Yeah. But this one, I think, was even more out of character. Mm. And people were just like, and also the tech was ahead of its time. Yeah. People weren't really into the hybrid thing at that point. It just seemed, didn't make sense. Where now I look back at it and I think, what what a machine. Yeah. And it can no, sound yeah, yeah, ace. I agree. Uh, I'll move on to the next car and then I want to hear from you. I'm going to come out with Ferrari 599. Are they 100 grand now? Under 100 grand. Amazing. I mean, it's going to cost you 100 grand to run <laughs> per That's month. That's the problem. Yeah, a huge amount to cost. But a V12 Ferrari, one that I don't think looks that old, that you could roll around in. People, people who don't know would assume you're in a 250 grand Ferrari. Mm. What a thing. Yeah, and I can see this list and this route. I can see you going more classic and me going modern. I've got new bits. I've got plenty of Have new you? bits. I went on Auto Trader and oh, I pulled out some oh, new bits. I wish you'd told me because I've got to do it off my head. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does me every week. Test your knowledge. <laughs> but I saw that 599 and I was like, no way. There's a yeah. handful of juicy Ferraris which we'll come on to. But yeah. I think 599 is a car, sub 100k. Everyone always talks about, well, what Ferrari should I go and buy? I'm thinking about buying my first Ferrari. You can look at 550s, 575, but 599 is pretty baller. Mm. Well, I've got a top three that I can think of. They're all modern. Go for it. A hun- uh, we'll do one at a time. Please. I would say the best car for under 100 grand, value, modern, and ev- does everything, bit of character, is an AMG GTR. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. You're so predictable. And the next two... Well, okay. No, no, I'm not going to say them, but the next two will... Be, they're very close behind that car. It would be hard for me to pick... In order. Correct. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, your loving with the GTR continues. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe slightly rose-tinted glasses that you look back on that experience thinking it was way better than maybe it was. No, because I did really like that car, mate, and we'd done a lot of miles in it. We'd done some miles in it, and I'd done, I'd done 9,000 miles in it, and and it, it is a really good car, and I did have a couple of problems with it, and um, not major problems. One was the brakes that we all know about, and, you know, you can argue it was my fault, but it shouldn't have been my fault because the car should have been built properly. But as a road car, not, people, not many people drive them on track like I have done. So as a road car... I honestly can't think of... The other two that I've thought of are just as good. Um, but I can't really think of anything better. I think the the biggest problem with the GTR is the GTC, the GTS, the GT and the GTR Pro. Yeah, well... Sort of, but the G... The G, the, I mean, the GTR and the GTR Pro, there's still quite a big difference in price. Totally, and we're going over 100k at that point. Yeah. So forget that. But the, the GTC, I think, is a steal. It's often forgotten. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even a newer 
Panamericana grilled GTS. Cool car. Yeah, but a G- GTR looks better than both of them, to be fair. I think. Yeah, okay. Gee, but, you know. And GTR, you know, I look, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a very, very cool car. And it's a car that I would very quickly recommend to a lot of people mm. um, at that kind of price point because I think it's, its GT capabilities are so good. Um, but if I was spending 100 grand, would I feel a bit disappointed with that? Or would I look at it and think, oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a good shout. It is a good shout. The fact these three cars that I'm going to mention are at the front of my mind without me having to think about it, they must be good because they're at the front of my mind. As in what I mean is, is that, that not to say that you must listen to me, but, but what I mean is, is that these are the first three cars that I thought of in yeah. the front of my. You're going to be surprised with one of them. Actually, I, no, I'm gonna, I think I know which one of them is going to be. So <laughs> I'm going to hold one of mine back, and I'm going to come in with just on this whole AMG GTR vibe. With yes, I'm going there. The new shape Vantage. <sighs> a lot of people will say it's not a supercar, but I disagree. Well. I would put that in the bracket of a Porsche, and mm. and I would say it's a sports car. Mm. Um, yeah. but, but but fair, no, you know. I mean, you are right, and this is my Aston fanboying coming out. And I was going to go V12 Vantage S. You'd struggle for that kind of money, but but you know, I think that's more of a modern classic nowadays. The new shape Vantage, I think most places you go, it stands out more than a Porsche. It looks more supercarish. We're kind of getting into a different debate now, but I do oh, yeah. think that that is, now that they've settled at the price they always should have been, <laughs> i.e. 90 grand plus options. Which is what the old one was. Which is what the old one was. Uh, they make sense. I think, I think they're great looking cars. The idea of them is great. They seem like cool cars to own at that point. So, no, yeah, I think you're right. If I, I, I had that good... money, yeah, new Vantage would be mm. where I'd be looking at. Yeah. Go on, what's your number two? 570s. Yeah. Okay. On my flip side, and we'll talk about them both, and I'd say 650s. Okay. So go on, 570s. Talk I'd to only me. say 570s because it's a more modern McLaren. You've got less chance of having a big bill. Now, we all, we all have our opinions of McLaren, but the time that I had in my McLaren, I did have a few problems with it, but also, again, even at the money it was back then and we went to we done a couple of road trips in it together and and we loved them mate they they are a, and, and the money they are now 85 90 grand they're all similar money like it's insane if you get a a good car that's not going to break good luck but if you do i mean you've hit the jackpot i mean it's unbelievable got big Doors and, it, and oh, it's a full-blooded supercar. It's a full-on. People say it's their sports series, but it doesn't behave like a sports car. It's a full-on supercar. On paper, it's a supercar. It, it goes like a supercar. It looks like a supercar. If you get over the fact that you can, you might get a bad one. You might get a good one. You might get a good one, and yeah. there are good ones out there. As yeah. we, you know, as, as I sort of talked about in my McLaren piece, and we're determined to, to prove. You know, there are good ones out there, and and. As you say, what a car mm. for 90-odd grand. It's yeah. absolutely nuts. And, yep. you know, if you luck into one that's you know that's going to do you well, you're absolutely killing it. And again, it's a car that people would assume is 200 grand and you're going to beat most things on any kind of road. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to give you all of that experience, all of that excitement. Safe uh, as well. They're, they're safe as in in terms of they won't... They're not gonna. They won't bite you, as in you know. Safe to drive. And, correct. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say safe. Yeah. Don't they catch fire? Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, like like when you start pushing them, 
they'll let you know you're pushing them and you, you can almost take the piss a little bit before you crash. You yeah, I, mean? I found that out very quickly, actually, uh, <laughs> on one of my first driving experiences with McLaren. 500 GT launch, which is another interesting car, actually. Mm. The GT, mm. often overlooked, I think, prettier than the S. Yeah. But uh, I jumped, we were going on some twisty road, and the GT inherently does have a little bit more understeer Correct. Um, than the S, uh, and I didn't <laughs> didn't think about that. Launched it into this corner. Went and straight. Basically went straight. Yeah. And then, of course, at speed, came out of the throttle. It's a brilliant <laughs> thing to do in a mid-engine supercar. And just had a, had a proper <laughs> moment. Luckily, kept it all together. But it was kind of like, mid is like, here we are, guys, in the... Oh, uh, yeah. So I learned my lesson very quickly. But yeah. it didn't kill me. I mean, it didn't no, kill no, me. No, no, so no. bravo them. I say 650S because that is even more of a step forward. Firstly, you're talking about their super series. Like that's a proper, I'm going to be rude now, big dick car. Oh, yeah, As in yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. you are not messing around in the 650S. Mm-hmm. The coupes, exceptionally rare. Yeah. Everyone bought the Spider because it was the hard top Spider. Mm. Everyone bought that. The coupes are really hard to find and really rare and I think really good looking. And as I say, it's a proper, proper car. They did of course have their issues, but different issues back then. A lot still to do with the sort of build quality and and quality control Um, but I think you have more of a chance of lucking into a a good one I don't know why I say that but I just think you do in Mm. a 650S Um, so either way I think almost any McLaren sub 100k is a fantastic car when it works yeah that's the that's the problem and that's the one thing that the Germans have got up until now up on McLaren but I mean, people will say the exact same thing about the 599 that I mentioned at the beginning because yeah. there's a 50% chance of that working. And if, it, if it doesn't, it's going to be even more expensive. Yeah. I mean, V12 Ferrari bills are not to be laughed at. Yeah, so, for sure. You know, it's always the, always the risk. And Tony, you remind me of this weekly. When you're buying these older cars, it's not just the, the purchase price that you've got to think about. You've had first-hand experience. Uh, I have well. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm looking through my list now. I do have a handful of other Ferraris that I just want to gloss over because it is unbelievable these days. Testarossa. Yeah. California T. What a whip. <laughs> 575, 550, 360, I mean, manual 430. Not a car that I think really anyone needs as a manual. But, you know, there's ama- amazing Ferraris out there. Um, we've touched on McLaren. We've touched on AMG GTR. The Porsche thing... We could go in on GT3, but I'm actually going to kind of put it to the side mm. because, yes, you could even get a 991 GT3, but I'm talking about super, super, super cars here. I think that's one of the worst GT cars they've built, you know. That, oh, my that, God. That I don't point, know. What a curveball. That point one GT3. 991 GT3, I don't think was very good at all. Oh, wow. Carl. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Quite controversial. Yeah. So I'm going with a rogue one. And a bit of a boring one. But Audi R8. You bastard. That was mine. <laughs> Audi R8 V10 Plus. Because it just is still the ultimate sub yeah. 100k supercar, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's there. It's there. And, and you know, so many people, I think, who are real like car people go, that's a bit boring. Like, whatever. R8, smart eight. But actually, let's face it, it's the people's supercar. And, and you'll get for 100 grand... You'll get one in warranty still. Oh my God. Like you'll get almost a brand new one. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you could get the latest, latest you shape. Can. You can for you can. under 100K? Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not under, but just on. about. On. Yeah. You'll find some money down the back of your 99, sofa. 99.950.99. Yeah. And to get all that Audi tech and infotainment yeah, and reliability and usability. Cabin's a bit small, but, um, but just 
at every generation, they have smashed it. And whilst I think as true petrolheads, sometimes we gloss over the R8 because it seems a bit obvious and mm. a bit boring. What, what a package, what a car. Yeah. And I think we have to accept that. That would be right up there for me, mate, by the way. As if in, you had 100k to go and buy one. Honestly, mate, yeah. it would be like, like I said, them them three would be, the R8 and the Merc would be like really close. So they were both top of my list, GTR and R8. Yeah. Before you said anything, that was what I got written down. Me here. too. Yeah. They, they would have been my top two. I just don't know what order. The McLaren would have been third, not because of the car, mm, mm. just because if you get a bad one. Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I think if I was feeling punchy, I would go McLaren because yeah. it would be see, it would be too tempting if I was, you know, had that kind of budget. Yeah. Um, but if I was being sensible, GTR R8, yeah, just, and, and there are so many cars out there. So, I mean, my list keeps going for ages. And if you jump onto Auto Trader, and I'm sure lots of you do this, play the game, because yeah. it's a very attractive amount of money if you're financing or buying cash. You know, 100k, hey, it's, it's a lot of money, mm. but it, it does open up your world to all kinds of cars. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, these cars, GTR, how much did that start? 150 grand? Mm, one, 140-something list with no options. So actually, the R8 is the one that's depreciated the least, theoretically, for a new one. Uh, uh, oh, no, 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 no. No, oh. no they're 160-odd oh. 100 with options. No way. They are the R8, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Yeah, they just give 35 or 40 grand off them. Oh, that's terrifying. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, these are all big, big cars that, you know, now... We didn't even talk about Lamborghinis. There's a ton of Gallardos out there which you could get for that price. Yeah. So. I mean, well, you get, uh, you get a 991 Turbo S for that money. But Not a supercar. It behaves like one, but what what I'm trying. I will defend Porsche till I die. No, no, it, but it does behave like one. It's just as quick as all them cars. Yeah, it is the cars that we mentioned. But yeah, you're right. It's just and as well, it's old compared to them. Sure, you know, like yeah. the cars that we were talking about. They'll all be like sixteen plate up, four or five except year the old. Five nine nine. Except the five nine nine. Except five nine nine. But but the 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 Porsche will be like a twenty. 13 car. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Of so course. That's why I never mentioned the Porsche. Well, let us know below what you find out there, what you've been thinking of, what you've been looking at. I say, inspired by Paul Wallace's uh, call on the NSX, which, which you know, I, I would put it up there as well, but I still don't think I would actually make a move on it. I mean, it's in my top five for sub 100k supercars, but if I was buying, uh, you know, I'm weird with my cars, I'd still go for that Gallardo Superleggera. But, you know, it, it would be up there in a sex if I was giving advice to somebody. Mm, you get a high mileage 458 for 100 grand as well. No, you wouldn't. I think you would. High mileage one. 30,000 mile one. Oh, I mean, I mean you could. who do I call? <laughs> I think you probably could. I mean, I would not recommend that to and Although the engine, and I mean, they don't go wrong then, but... They used to catch fire at the beginning as well. Yeah, they, they did. They really used but, to catch but, fire. Um, yeah, definitely have one of them over a 430. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Um, now, we meant to last week touch on F1 a little bit. Uh, but we, we got distracted by everything else we were doing. Oh, what's going on? Well, we've had some car reveals. Oh, yeah. And it's weeks away from testing now. I mean, things are kicking off, mate. So, uh, is it April, May? No, end of March is the first Grand Prix in Bahrain. Oh. That's a an official pronunciation, by the way. Oh. Um, and uh, we've got testing a few weeks before that. We've got the Drive to Survive Series 3 coming out. Um, and yeah, I think this week we're going to see the f rest of the cars. So tomorrow is Mercedes and Alpine. Wednesday is... Aston Martin, then Thursday's Haas. So by the time this goes live, you would have seen most of the rest of the cars, I think. So why don't we talk about it next week when we've seen all the cars? 
Well, because I'm going to do a special preview. <laughs> okay. I mean, we can talk about it. Okay, well, let's just show no. it again. But last week, we were like, let's talk about F1. And now we're not going to talk about it again this week. All I want to say is I'm really excited to see how Sergio Perez gets on it, Red Bull. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing yeah. some of those shots, I was like, I started to get a bit hyped. He, I think he's a bit underrated as well. Like, I think, he's I think he was until what, last year. Yeah. I think, you know, I think most of us have known his abilities and, and seen what he's been able to do in Force Indias and Racing Points mm. over the years and, and been like, wow, he's really smashing it um, since his sort of McLaren dodgy era. Um, but yeah, last year he really went above and beyond. And you just get that feeling that his, his maturity, his season-long mentality, his, you know, all of that might just unsettle Verstappen a bit, who has never really had to deal with that, apart from Danny Rick, who had a lot of misfortune during his time with Verstappen. Otherwise, Verstappen's had young kind of up-and-comers, quick over one lap, quick over races, but he's never had to deal with someone like a Hamilton or Alonso or, or someone who thinks about the season as a whole, the race as a whole. Yeah. It might be Red Bull being clever getting him in to... to, to very get- clever. Big give Verstappen a bit of a push. Maybe that's, you know, maybe they think he's getting a little bit of complacent. And Albon, obviously, as as bad as it sounds, couldn't lace his shoes. Verstappen, in terms of pace, so um, yeah, maybe. yeah. I think I think the the point being that they still believe, and I think we all believe that if that car's a championship winning car, ice cream vans here. Did you hear that? It's first day of spring. Ice cream ice cream vans turned up. Yeah. Yes, the first day of spring. What you said. Chill out. He <laughs> was here last week as well. Was he? Yeah. Oh, it's a bit early. What, in the snow? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think the point being that, yeah, if that car's a championship winning car, we all expect Verstappen to be at the front. We, we just do. I, 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 but I've said it over and over again, I think over a season, and we've seen it even over a race distance, sometimes Verstappen can get a bit ahead of himself, mm. a little bit cocky, a little bit petulant. Mm. Uh, and I don't know over a season whether he could beat Hamilton, for example. And I think Perez is the ultimate man to pick up the pieces. As we've seen in that racing point over and over again, he was the guy when everything fell apart that was there for a podium, for a second, for a win. And he and, and that's what I think Red Bull are thinking. He's going to be our guy that if things fall apart for Verstappen, he'll be there to pick up the pieces and get us our win and get us our points. And heck, that's how Vettel won his first championship back in 2010, isn't it? Yeah. Because everyone else fell apart. They were all watching each other and he just snuck in and stole it. A bit yeah. like Raikkonen with uh, 2007. And I think that's Verstappen's biggest problem. We obviously know undoubtedly about his talent and on his day, he's definitely as quick as Hamilton as a driver. But he's got a hot head. He's young. He's got a lot to learn. And I and I think that's the difference between the two. Essentially, Hamilton is more complete because he's been around. It's all about experience and manages tires better and stuff. And Verstappen's all about launching and he and well, we're fanboying you know. Lewis a bit because Lewis definitely had that period of his career where he was the most exciting to watch, and it makes yeah. Verstappen exciting to watch. And, and maturity comes with time. But I think yeah. uh, this is one thing that I've heard and picked up on from speaking to people within that Red Bull camp and stuff. The Red Bull is inherently quite hard to drive it's a it's a twitchy and a car that moves around and lives on the edge Verstappen likes driving a car like that as we know Hamilton does too from his experience and what he's spoken about I think Ricardo probably did too Vettel doesn't like that Mm-mm. Vettel likes a plant car hence why he struggled a bit when the blown diffuser went etc etc um, and so Perez immediately came out after his first experience saying the car's very pointy at the front end unbelievable front end grip which inherently suggests that it's quite loose at the rear yeah. so it'll be interesting to see whether he can adapt his driving style because apparently Albon and Gasly 
couldn't get their heads around driving that Red Bull car. Okay. Verstappen is able to drive that car with it dancing around, with it moving around, living on a knife edge, whilst a lot of other drivers prefer more planted, solid feeling yeah, cars. Yeah, so if Perez can adapt to that, I think he'll be fantastic. Mm. So yeah, I'm excited to see it, but you're right. Let's hold off. Next week, we should have seen pretty much all the cars. Fundamentally, none of them are really looking or feeling very different, but at least the Aston Martin should look different to the racing point. We hope it's going to be great. What do they do this year, Aston Martin? I really hope they're going to do well. Mm. Um, uh, Lance Stroll came out saying he's going to go big to try and get Hamilton for the end of his career, which is, wow, that's a big move. Really? Yep. Um, and uh, Alpine, we should have seen their car. So there's a couple of potential new liveries, but the cars aren't going to change too much because... There's no need for them to before. Yeah, yeah, Big rule change. Anyway, that brings an end to today's episode. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. I think next week, let's tease it, could be, if I've done my man maths right, our 100th episode. Really? Yes. Is it? I legitimately think, you haven't been on all of them. <laughs> no. But the 100th behind the glass episode, potentially next week. So we're going to have to go big if it is and get balloons and stuff. Have you been on all of them? Yeah. <laughs> the fact you had to think about it. I think so. I'm actually not sure. I'm pretty sure. Of course you have. <laughs> of course I have. So yeah, if you enjoyed it, make sure to give it a thumbs up. If you want to follow Tony, he's Tony at Gravel Car Sales on pretty much all social media. I'm seen through glass on pretty much all social media as well. And we'll catch up with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.